Hello and welcome back to The Hum. I am Karina Dross. This is the bonus astrology podcast that you get on the same feed as The Hum and the Holler, which accompanies the Abacus Corvus yearly calendar. And this is a bonus episode that essentially takes you through the highlights of the astrology of every month from new moon to new moon. And we begin today's episode with the new moon on January 2nd. So I am coming to you from the last day of 2021 when I'm recording this. You'll be listening to it in early 2022, ideally, if you listen to it early. And we are talking about a new moon that has some surprisingly positive energy for what feels like some pretty crunchy times still. And before we get into the astrology of this month, the first month of 2022, I do want to name that I had high hopes to have a podcast of the hum, a special episode for you all about the astrology of 2022. And my friends, that is not going to happen. It has been too much of a time around here these days. But instead, if you are curious, I did do the research. I do have it all written out. And you can find it on my Patreon. If you are not already a subscriber, you can join for just $2 a month. You can get it at the lowest tier, read your year ahead horoscopes. And then if you're not having fun on there, or if two bucks a month is too much for you, just cancel. No hard feelings. Pretty easy to do. So if you are curious about 2022 and everything it brings, check out the fairly in-depth offering I have over there. And for this podcast, we are going to focus on what is happening astrologically between the January 2nd new moon and the new moon on February 1st, which will be in Aquarius. It is kind of amazing and also kind of kicking my ass that the new moons this year begin on the first of the month, because this is my deadline time for writing all of the other things that come out on the first of the month. So January 2nd, we are looking at the new moon in Capricorn. This new moon is going to be in a beautiful trine to the planet Uranus, both the moon and the sun, because they are together during the new moon. And on the same day, we have Mercury moving from the very end of Capricorn into the very first degree of Aquarius and making a beautiful trine to the true node. The node's extra woo, extra special. This new moon is kind of shiny and sparkly and good. I hate to say it because (laughs) from where I'm sitting, just a few days before the new moon, it's not feeling that way for me yet, at least. So I'm curious about what it will feel like to live into this day. And because we're dealing with Capricorn, the vibes are more practical and realistic than magical, dreamy, swoony. But when we bring in the Uranus trine and the Mercury moving into Aquarius, the sign that Uranus rules, there is this movement on this day between Capricorn and Aquarius, which I feel like I have been talking about these two signs and the ways that they interact with each other for so many years now because their ruling planets, Saturn and Uranus, have been clashing throughout 2021. And before that, there was this big movement of this concentrated chunk of energy happening at the end of Capricorn. Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, all piled up. And then bit by bit, 
those planets started moving into Aquarius. Pluto hasn't yet. It will in a few years, but Saturn, Jupiter have both moved into Aquarius at this point. Jupiter even has moved on <laughs> very recently. Um, and so this, this movement from Capricorn to Aquarius, because it has been a big theme of the last few years, it's happening on a much shorter timeline on January 2nd. And it's happening on a day when we would do well to initiate. I, you know, I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions per se. I think they're often overly restrictive, full of the wrong sorts of impulse of, if I can just improve myself, my whole situation in life will get better, which negates the circumstances we find ourselves in, our collective power, and puts way too much weight on individual willpower over all the rest of the damn things. With that in mind, this is actually a really beautiful energy for doing intention setting. So with the new moon on Capricorn on January 2nd, I invite you to think about your relationship to sustainability, responsibility, the ways in which you work within the structures that hold you, give you meaning, help your life, have some, some knowable shape and form, and tie you through responsibility to others. That's all Capricorn, right? I want you to think about what you want to grow within that container, how you want in 2022 to have a firmer sense of being the adult that you really wish that you had in your life when you were younger. That's kind of my dream with Capricorn, is growing into our best adult selves. The adult who is mature, who is thoughtful, who can listen, who can pay attention to the long-term big picture strategy, but who does not, um, who, you know, isn't, isn't tyrannical, neither a tyrant nor a pushover, somewhere in the middle. That's the Capricorn dream, is how can we just really be good people for each other in a way that minimizes harm, that maximizes our capacity to keep getting along and doing the thing that we would like to keep doing. So thinking about whatever seeds you want to plant around Capricorn energy for you. What do you want to be building? What do you want to be working towards? What do you want to take more seriously in 2022? And because there is this Uranian flavor, or you can also say Aquarian flavor, to this new moon, there is something that you can add to that mixture around your ideals and around how your own stability can feed, can be in support of, can help add to the well-being of the collective. When we move from Capricorn to Aquarius, we are always moving from, here is what I want personally, you know, Capricorn is still very much interested in um, my own well-being, the well-being of the people I love, what is familiar to me. And Aquarius is where we go beyond just our friends, just our neighborhood, just people with our own political ideologies, just what we know, what, what makes sense to us, and where we start to go beyond into encountering the strangeness of the other, which is a theme that my sister and I will be talking about a lot this year on this particular podcast. If you listen to the other episodes, the Hum and the Holler 
main episodes, main courses, uh, if you will. And you'll hear the first of those on the third Sunday of every month. We're going to have a schedule this year. I'm so proud of us. Let's hope we can stick to it. (laughs) So bringing Aquarius and Capricorn together, you know, they both have the same traditional ruler, which was Saturn in traditional astrology before the discovery of the planet Uranus. And yet they have such different modes. They're both aspirational and moving from one to the other is so much about moving from how can I be the self that I want to be who has skills and competence and integrity and how can I be that not only for my own sense of well-being and pride and sense of accomplishment but also pointing it towards the future, pointing it towards the groups that I'm connected to, pointing it towards the groups that I'm aware of, even if I have no direct link. Um, Understanding a much larger sense of interdependence is how I see this particular shift. So January 2nd, really gorgeous time to locate yourself in time, in space, in relationship, and with a sense of intention, with a sense of what you would like to be leveraging this year through your own personal power towards the well-being of the whole. And in the first week of January, we get a few really beautiful transits before anything choppy happens. January 5th is the next one. This is Venus sextiled Neptune, which is just lovely, which is just dreamy. It's a day where it will feel sweet and fairly easy to enjoy ourselves. If you want to be romancing someone, if you want to be socializing, if you are okay with not having too strong an agenda about getting things done on time, um, and if you're an artist of any kind, if you want to be tapping into creativity, Venus sextile Neptune days are really good for sourcing that inspiration. For everyone in general, it's a good time to just enjoy each other's company, take a break, eat something nice, you know, watch a movie. Um... And the only caveat, because I love to give you the downside of every transit as well. This is a lovely transit, but there is a downside. And that really just shows up if you are someone who is strongly Neptunian, which is astrology shorthand for very sensitive, very prone toward losing yourself in the dream, towards moving with, with few boundaries toward what feels good, what feels transporting, um, If you are Neptunian in a way that makes it hard to set healthy boundaries for yourself around the people that you love, the pursuits that you love, the substances you love, this is a day to have your tools in place to be careful and guard against excess in a way that will make you suffer. And on January 8th, the sun moves to conjunct Venus as well. Another really sweet day. This is more of an active day for socializing, pleasure, romance, creativity, less of a passive dreamy day. So think of it as if on the 5th you spent all day thinking about the art you'd like to make or the person you'd like to call, maybe on the 8th you'll you'll get around to doing it. Um, It is a beautiful day for gathering with COVID safety protocols in place, please. Although I hear you if you are yelling at the podcast right now, but what even are those anymore? You, you and your crew um, on a sun conjunct Venus day might have an easier time negotiating them. 
as long as nobody's giving up their boundaries. Um, but generally, Sun conjunct Venus can help you feel better in your relationships if there has been stress. And it's a good day to just celebrate the love that you have in your life, even if it's been complicated lately or distant or isn't all the things that you hoped it would be. It is still worth celebrating. And on January 11th, we have our first crunchier aspect of the year. This fairly challenging transit can get us kind of confused around where we are putting our energy. Mars is our energy, motivation, drive, and Neptune is the fog. So I think of this transit often as you are driving, you are trying to get somewhere and the fog descends and you got to slow way down or possibly even pull over until you are able to see. So it's a low visibility, potentially high frustration day. And my advice for you, my friend, is that if you find yourself wanting to keep go, 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 going, even though you can't quite see clearly, or you imagine you can and you can't, um, please do put on those brakes. It's better to be frustrated than to crash. And, you know, I'm not speaking literally here about crashing your little car, but Mars square Neptune days are also days when accidents are possible because people are a little less in, you know, in a, in a sense of clear relationship to their bodies and a little more in, in dream world around them. So also just, you know, be careful, be careful, be slow, take it easy today. Um, by all means, don't feel that urgency uh, is more important than your well-being and the well-being of others. And slowness becomes a bigger theme when Mercury stations retrograde on January 14th. Like every Mercury retrograde, you want to be careful that you are not rushing into something that you're going to have to do again. Slowing down can be the best medicine during this time. And also, even if you are trying your hardest, it's a good idea to release attachment to things going exactly as you planned. So things may not go right the first time, the first way. And in our lightning fast world where everybody expects emails and texts and social media posts and blog posts and all of the things to be kind of constantly up and constantly circulating. And, you know, we, we as a culture communicate at lightning speed these days says, says me, the Luddite, um, who, you know, you'll, you'll notice if you email me, I often do not. <laughs> but during Mercury retrograde, I encourage you to detach as much as you can from that culture of urgency and speed around getting the things done that you would like to get done. And as much as possible, <laughs> from getting the things done that other people would like you to get done. I know that one's a lot harder. Um, but have some generosity for yourself. Have some generosity for others. This Mercury retrograde will last until February 3rd. And if you find yourself needing to do one of the things that is technically, um, you know, prohibited as a big word, but many people do look to astrology that way where they're like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. I cannot possibly do the thing. If you find yourself needing to do one of those things, such as sign a contract, sign a lease, 
um, make a big purchase, go on a big trip, it's probably going to be fine. But again, just expect a little bit more slowdown, a little bit more delay, maybe needing to go back and get something. Just, just expect the process to go a little less smoothly with the understanding that smoothness doesn't have to be your goal and speed doesn't have to be your goal because the goal of Mercury is to have the most information. And that's what the retrograde is really here to do, to remind you, hey, there's more information you can get. And if you are trying to speed on by it, we're going to ask you to retrace your steps and actually look more closely. And on January 16th, the sun moves into a conjunction with Pluto. This is a powerful day. Pluto is a powerful planet. On a day when sun moves over Pluto, it's a really good time to recognize that the energy is going to be intense and that you have a choice to lean into it or to try to mitigate it. So leaning into it would mean saying, yeah, I'm going to get intense today about the thing I want to get intense about, which could be studying, studying research, doing some deep integration work, really getting into the things you've been trying to do in therapy, um, practicing them, uncovering the feelings, uncovering the memories, looking at the harder things to look at with this intention of when I have the courage to do this, I am braver in the long run, I'm wiser in the long run, I feel more resilient, and I can move forward with less fear. It's kind of the goal of Pluto, always. And because Pluto is such a intense, heavy, big planet, we don't always have the energy to do that. We don't always feel well-resourced enough to do that. It's not always the right time for us. If that is true for you today, pay attention to how this transit might make you a little more prickly, defensive, anxious, grumpy, bossy, controlling, mean, any of these possibilities. Just have have an eye on your own worst tendencies. And if you see them creeping up, do the things that you know how to do to help soothe and soften your own experience so that you can feel safer and less liable to, you know, be lashing out at some monster that doesn't even exist, that is maybe your best friend or your partner, who might just be triggering you and reminding you of your past, right? That's the risk with a day when we are dealing with Pluto. So be warned, my friends, make good choices today. There's a lot that can help you heal. And sometimes healing begins by looking at the parts of you that are not so healed and being willing to say, yeah, I have that. That's in me. January 17th brings us a full moon in Cancer. And the moon on this day will be moving opposite to the planet Pluto. So, you know, another Pluto day. And it will be trining Neptune. Coming on the heels of Sun right on top of Pluto, this is really continuing that same vibe. And the difference is that the moon is harder to work with consciously. The moon is far more instinctive and emotional, and a full moon in particular has the sense of spilling over, of really being at its height and maximum overflowingness. And in Cancer, we are really dealing with maximum emotional energy. So 
January 17th. What a day to release whatever feelings you've been bottling up. It is such an extra, extra sensitive full moon time and such an extra intense full moon time with that Pluto opposition. And when you bring the trine to Neptune, there is this, you know, potentially sweet, nostalgic, beautiful, dreamy weepiness that is available to you. But there can also just be a sense of confusion of like, I don't even know why I feel the things this big or what I need to do about it. I just want to be somewhere different than where I find myself today. Whew. This is a beautiful day to call your therapist, to do some journaling, to vent to a close friend who won't take it personally if you are not making a lot of sense. It's a really good day to cry it out. It's a really good day to just be done with whatever it is you have been holding inside for so damn long now. Not such a good day for mediation, conflict resolution, house meetings, fun, lighthearted gatherings or first dates, um, getting together with family members who are triggering, uh, negotiating boundaries, you know, any of the things that require you to be fairly emotionally calm, able to access your most clear-headed and adult self, not so good. Not so good for today. Plan those for another time of the month. Uh, give yourself January 17th. You can circle it on your calendar as like a day off from being an adult, a day off from being responsible, a day off from really needing to handle anything with grace and just, you know, congratulate yourself for making it through this day when you do. <laughs> All right. January 17th. And oh, oh, I should say also the beautiful parts of this because I love cancer energy. I'm not trying to rag on cancer. Full moons are just a little extra. The beautiful potential on a day like today is the experience of release, is the emotional intelligence that cancer brings that can help you let go of the things that you really do need to let go of. So I've been talking about falling apart. I've been talking about it like it's a bad thing. It might be the best thing. <laughs> it might be the thing you really need to do. And you might feel really strong as you do it and after you do it. There is no reason that cancer energy and the experience of being strongly emotional need to correlate with experiences of shame or helplessness or, or, or uh, you know, having a sense of um, being not in your power. So let's normalize uh, Let's normalize that having strong feelings and knowing how to move them through you is a strength. So good luck to you, my friend, if you know how to practice that strength today. It is a really, really important thing to do. On January 19th, we have the sun moving into Aquarius, moving into that zero degrees that we had earlier, um, highlighted on January 2nd when Mercury moved into Aquarius. So this, this theme is still continuing of the movement from Cap to Aquarius. And whenever we are in Aquarius season, we as a collective have far more energy and attention for all things Aquarian, which include this interest in the future, in collective liberation, 
in moving from what is practical to what is theoretical. Not just, we have to do it this way because it's always been this way, but yeah, what if we don't? <laughs> what if we can do it a totally new way? Uh, Aquarius energy that has been really prominent over the last few years includes the mainstream attention being given to what had been a fairly radical platform around defunding the police. It's not gaining traction yet, but the fact that it's even a national discourse is this sort of Aquarian victory of we can be talking about a, a totally different way of operating, and we can insist that this is not only possible, but practical. So moving towards Aquarius season here, you might feel a stronger sense of connection again to those many themes that have been coming up over the last few years around activism, around rebellion, around all of the ways that we strive to push past the limitations of dominant culture. January 28th brings us another fairly intense Plutonian day when we have that retrograde Mercury moving back over Pluto. So Mercury had been ahead of the sun, turned backwards, now heading back into that path where the sun has just tread on the 16th, and it will be pushing on the same parts of our psyche as we were working with on that day when sun was conjunct Pluto. But the difference is that this time there's a little bit of an extra potential for us getting stuck in thought patterns. Mercury and Pluto together can lead to obsessive thinking, compulsive thinking, circular anxious thoughts, paranoid thoughts, um, any of the ways that our mental health can become discombobulated by a, an intense focus on what can go wrong and how do we protect ourselves from it. So if you, my friend, have a trauma history, which I'm guessing most of you do, honestly, if you have a trauma history, this is a day when you want to be gentle to the part of your psyche that is doing that kind of guarding the perimeter, that is on high alert, hypervigilant. So be gentle around your nervous system's reactivity today. And if you can, do some work to disambiguate between the stories that your anxiety is telling you and the reality you felt you were in before the anxiety came up. Also know, Mercury conjunct Pluto, on a positive note, is such a good day to do a deep dive into research. If you've been meaning to focus and really concentrate and really go deep, this is a great time to turn off your phone and just do it, just spend hours, just really, really sink into it. On January 29th, Venus will station direct. After moving retrograde earlier in December of last year, this has been kind of a long time for Venus to be in Capricorn. Venus will continue to be in Capricorn until March. But as the retrograde period ends, we're ending this kind of long slog of what I've been feeling as this relational inventory count. You know, if you've ever worked retail and there's those days when you need to count inventory and close the store and everything comes off the shelves and you're counting everything and it's, it's exhausting. And that is what Venus retrograde and Capricorn has been feeling like to me is the sense of, whew, okay, roll up your sleeves and really start 
paying close attention to all the relationship patterns, to all of the ways that you have maybe not been your best self in connection with others, and all of the ways that they perhaps have not been their best selves with you, and make some really important decisions, make some good decisions about, okay, when this happens, what do I do next time? When this happens, what led me to not defend my boundary or what led me to overreach someone else's boundary? Just like all of that kind of like, like mechanical work, I want to say of, you know, if, if you were someone who works with machines, like what went wrong? How can I recalibrate? What parts need bending back into shape? What parts need oiling? I don't know why this is the metaphor for me right now, but this is how this Venus retrograde in Capricorn has been feeling. It's like this very, very, like, I've got the bike grease out. I'm, I'm wrenching away at this kind of rusted bolt and I'm just trying to make it better. And I'm aware as I'm doing so, that I maybe shouldn't have left my bike out in the rain so many, you know, days of the week, um, that, that, you know, that, that there is uh, consequences. That is the word I'm looking for. Venus retrograde in Capricorn is really this bringer of consequences, the sense of, okay, I, I chose that, and then this happened, and now here we are. So as Venus retrograde ends, I would like to invite you to celebrate finishing this process for now, You don't need to keep going back over it. You don't need to keep actively processing the past to such a high degree as we have all been doing for the last few weeks. Because Venus stays in Capricorn, we're still in a practical kind of realistic mindset around relationships. There might still be some tweaking and some fixing and some showing up in different ways, but we should be able to access our action, our action, our drive, our motivation, our, our decisiveness in a different way now that Venus has moved forward. And we end the month on January 30th with the sun squaring Uranus. And you may remember from earlier in this podcast, the very first aspect of the year, very first aspect of this month was a sun trying to Uranus. So we're kind of bookending January with two sun transits to Uranus. This one's a little more tense than the one at the beginning. The beginning was a little bit cozier. And so whenever we're talking about Sun and Uranus together, we are talking about the potential for inspiration, insight, new ways of doing things, big changes. And when it's a square, they tend to feel a little harder to integrate as all. So on this day, the 30th, you might just find that Uranus is highlighting ways you need to get unstuck that might be a little bit like unsolicited advice, (laughs) a friend coming up and being like, you know what your problem is? You need to stop doing things this way. And, you know, your response may be, did I ask? (laughs) And then once you hear it, you can't unhear it. That's the thing about Uranus. So be prepared on a day when sun is squaring Uranus to have some of your assumptions challenged, to have some of your routines disrupted in ways that might not feel exactly comfortable, but that have insights for you nonetheless. And that might just come through other people surprising you as well. That's often how Uranus shows up in unexpected ways in our lives. So be open. Be open to the Uranian messages is is, uh, one of my mottos as an astrologer. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan of knowing the things. So uh, that that closes out January for us. Thank you for listening. I will be back for the new moon in Aquarius on February 1st. And you can listen to the main podcast, The Hum and the Holler, which to be fair, is the name of last year's calendar. We're going to keep the name for the podcast, but we will be focusing on Beloved Stranger, the very first uh, episode for the new calendar for 2022. And I'm really excited about it. It's a different way of doing this than we have yet done it. And we're having a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to share it with you. I hope you all have a really beautiful new year. Bye. Mm -hmm.